Hello. I'd like to dedicate this class today to my father, whose yard site is today. That's why it's Yehuda Ben Ruven, the learning to be an aliyah for his neshama. We are today, on Chavzayin Tammuz, finishing Chapter 7 in Igeret HaTshuva. And what we said last class is that the Altar Rebbe had given us two conditions, that these two conditions will ensure that our tshuva is true and stays. The first was arousing compassion, arousing Hashem, God's compassion on our soul, and on His name that our transgressions pulled into evil. And the second was crushing the evil by feeling truly, truly contrite, truly broken, by recognizing the severity of what our sin means and the severity of the consequence of our soul and of God's very name, of the final hay of God's name, the Malchus of Shechina, the Divine Presence, literally being in evil, feeding evil because of our sins. So the point the Rebbe emphasizes today is a person could think, well, that's true for very severe sins. If a person did a very severe sin, that really pulls the soul, pulls God's energy into evil. But, I mean, I, I don't do such severe sins. So, I, obviously, I'm not affecting my soul in God's name to such a degree. So the Rebbe says, not really. The Rebbe brings us the muscle, the analogy of the rope that we mentioned in Chapter 5, made up of all those thin strands, and we said that if you violate a sin, you're snapping a strand. And therefore, if you do one little thing wrong, and another little thing wrong, and another little thing wrong, again, all this assuming one did not do repentance, obviously if you repent, you're retying the strands. But if you didn't repent, many smaller, so to speak, transgressions could severely weaken the rope. The Rebbe takes this even further and says, even if you only do one thing wrong, so to speak. And it's not a major thing, it's a minor thing. But you keep doing it again and again and again and again. That one thing, it's not like, okay, well, I mean, one thing wrong means one, I mean, I understand the analogy. There's one strand. So let's say the strand for gossip. All right, let's say I've completely severed that. It's gone. All right, 612 are still good, healthy strands. No, it doesn't work that way, the Rebbe says. And here we can't really make a comparison of the reality and the analogy because in the analogy, that's what would happen. But the reality, one sin, again and again and again and again, could severely damage that rope of connection. As the prophet says, there's those sins that are like a deep, dark cloud that completely obscure you and God. And then there could be many sins that are like light, flimsy clouds. But if you have many, many, many light, flimsy clouds, they, they, they darken the same way. And then the Rebbe says that also, there's those sins that we think of as not very important. You know, we trample on them. But the Rebbe says, especially watch out for all of those transgressions that our sages compare to severe sins. Meaning, like, let's say the top three are idolatry, immorality, and bloodshed. Right? So there are many other transgressions that our sages compare to that. Our sages say ignoring the needy, not giving charity, is spiritually like idolatry. 
speaking bad about a person, gossip, blush and horror, spiritually like idolatry, immorality, and bloodshed. Anger, our sages compare to idolatry. Arrogance, our sages compare to idolatry. There are many, many, many different sins that are not, their punishment is not as severe, obviously, as idolatry, immorality, or bloodshed, but spiritually they're very similar. That's why our sages make this comparison. Our sages say arrogance is like idolatry. There's a reason why they're saying it. They don't just want to scare you and say, oh, it's really bad. There's a reason why they say it. And especially the Rebbe says neglecting the study of Torah, which is equal to everything. It's, it's, it's horrible. So therefore, the Rebbe is saying, you could think to yourself, I, I, mean, I don't do anything really that bad. The Rebbe says, first of all, you do many light things and severely weaken the rope of connection. You could do one light thing many, many, many times and severely weaken the rope. You could be doing things that are sages compared to these major capital offenses. If they compared them, the Rebbe is saying, there's a spiritual similarity in the blemish. So you're like, oh, I would never, idolatry, not me. Okay, but you keep getting angry? Well, our sages compared that to idolatry, which means spiritually something's happening here. And we see this on a, so to speak, practical basis by Shema. And one says Shema before going to sleep. Now, we do not say this. I did once ask a rub because... I thought, okay, I want to say it. And I asked her, I was told, no, this is not something a woman says. But to understand the concept, in Kriya Shema the prayer we say before going to sleep, there is the vidui, the confession, which is three paragraphs. After that, there is four paragraphs, a small fine print, which, in which the person takes upon themselves spiritually the four ways of execution in Jewish law. Skila, Sreifa, Cherek, Chenek. Stoning and burning and sword and strangulation. And why are we taking upon ourselves these things? Because we're saying that mystically speaking, there's four different sins which if we defile a certain aspect of God's name, we deserve this punishment spiritually and therefore we're spiritually taking on this punishment now two out of the four are definitely male related to fill in and tzitzis and neglecting the shema and prayer are also legally more male related so or for sure neglecting i mean maybe not prayer at the least but still in its details so Again, it's not something women do, but the concept applies to us equally, but we don't literally say this. So here's a person who's saying, well, if I'm not putting on tzitzis, if I'm not wearing tzitzis, I am defiling the vav of God's name. And if I'm defiling the vav of God's name spiritually, causing a defect in the vav means I'm supposed to be receiving death by execution, by the sword. So I take upon myself that spiritual death to atone for what I did wrong. So all of these sins, don't just mean literally not doing them, act. They all are spiritualized. They all have many, many, many spiritual ramifications. But even though we don't say this, and even though we don't know all the mystical things of what it means, you know, tefillin is subjugation of mind and heart, and, but we don't know all that. It's okay. The point we need to understand, the point is that, look, 
person every night takes upon himself these four deaths because his minor offenses are blemishing God's name in such a way that he on a spiritual level deserves these capital punishments, not on a physical level. It's not that if there was a, a governing Sanhedrin, you would have death for not wearing tzitzis. But it means spiritually you deserve it, and spiritually you have to go through something because of that. So this helps us understand that really every offense we're doing on some level defiles God's name. And if I only knew, hmm, this is the vav, hmm, the vav is sword, hmm, this is the hay, the hay is burning, I would understand what deaths I need to take upon myself for the damage I've done. But it's okay. I don't know all that. But I get the point. The point is I can't be complacent that, oh, my sins are really very minor. I mean, I'm a good person. I'm a firm person. I'm an orthodox person. I'm already doing wrong. There could be a lot, the Rebbe is saying. And one really needs to think about this to feel truly broken because we really want to break that evil. Because when we're really broken, we really break the evil, this enables us to repent truthfully, to earnestly regret the past, and to resolve for a better future in a way that my resolution will last. And that's the point of all this.